Well, welcome. I am glad to see everybody. I was sitting there thinking, I, I knew y'all were going to be here at the first of the week. I prayed for a, a good crowd. But after Monday or Tuesday, I forgot about y'all. <laughs> and so I didn't think about the crowd anymore, but I'm so glad you're here. Um, happy Easter. It's going to be a good Easter. Good Easter. The, uh, this Easter, to jump right in it, I want to look at the benefits of Jesus Christ rising from the dead. There's lots of benefits from Jesus Christ rising from the dead, and we're going to only look at three of them today, like a good preacher should, three points. And uh, that's all I'm going to put y'all through today. I know sometimes it's more, but only three. I hope you go ahead and take your outlines out. We're going to be in several different places in, in the Bible today. But uh, write this down if you're taking notes. The very first one, number one, Jesus has a great purpose for my life. This is the first benefit that I want to talk about from the, from the risen Savior, from Jesus Christ raising from the dead is that Jesus has a great purpose for my life. One of the greatest things that, that uh, we have to know in life is, what's our purpose? What are you here for? What is your purpose? And guys, you and me, we got, we got to figure that out if we don't want to waste our life. No one woke up this morning and said, I want to waste my life. And so we got to figure out what our purpose is. And a lot of people confuse purpose with lots of things. I think the biggest thing that people confuse purpose with is success. I want to tell you this morning that purpose is not success. Because you can be incredibly successful and not know your purpose. Not know it at all. You, you can be rich, you can be famous, you can be talented and still miss the purpose for which you were made. So we've got to know our, our, our purpose. And really when it comes to knowing or finding out our purpose, we only have about four choices to choose from. Let me give you those four choices real quick. You, you know, we can, we can choose to figure out our purpose by speculation. What do you mean by speculation, Jim? We can just guess at it. We can just kind of guess what our purpose is going to be. We can take some philosophy courses and, 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 and guess at it. I'm going to tell you something, guys. You're not going to figure out your purpose by guessing. Not a good choice. Or you can, the second thing I wrote down was imagination. You can just make it up. You can pick or choose a, a, a purpose for your life. There's a lot of self-help books out there that'll, that'll teach that. But it also confuses success with purpose. And some of, some of these self-help books are good stuff. But not your purpose. Not your purpose. Then the third choice that you and I have about finding our purpose, figuring out where, is we can look within. You know, people tell us all the time, if you want to know your purpose, just, just look within. The problem is it doesn't work. I tried looking in. Guess what I saw? 
A mess. Guess what you're going to see when you look within? A mess. There's no clarity in it. I'm not the only mess in here. I pride myself on being a church, a pastor of a church filled with messy people. So if you're not a mess, don't come back next Sunday. (laughs) We're messy people. So if you look within, there's no clarity. And plus, you can't tell yourself what your purpose is because you didn't create you. You didn't create you. The fourth way is the only way that you can truly know the purpose of your life is talk to the creator or read the owner's manual. Or and read the owner's manual. The creator and the owner's manual. If you don't do that, you'll never know what your purpose is. Speaking of creator, I want to tell you something. It's something that we learned a long time ago in Rick Warren's study. You are not an accident. You are not an accident. There may have been accidental parents, but there is no accidental kids. There, there, There may have been illegitimate parents, but there are no illegitimate children. Your parents may not have planned you, but God most certainly did. And if God had not wanted you to exist, you would not be here. You would not be here. God wasn't so much interested in their parenting skills as he was their DNA. You were not an accident. You were not an accident. You were created for God, by God, and for purpose. You're not an accident. 2 Corinthians 5.15 says, He included everyone in his death so that everyone could also be included in his life. A resurrection life. A far better life than people ever lived on their own. On their own. He created you for a a plan bigger than your parents' plan for you. I love that this says a better life. I like it says a better life because a good life is really never good enough. Living a good life, you always just want gooder. Guys, you and me, we were made for far more than success. But also, we were made for far more than survival. Let me tell you something, guys. You were made for significance. I was made for significance. And the only way that you and I are are going to know that we're significant is by discovering God's purpose for our life. The better life. The better life. Guys, you and me, we weren't made... To just make a lot of money and and party on the weekends and then then retire and die? We were made for so much more. Guys, that ain't even living. That's just existing. We were made for the the better life. Colossians 1.16 says, For everything, absolutely everything, above and below, visible and invisible, rank after rank after angels, everything got started in him and finds its purpose. In Him. In Him. That's where we get it. 
The only way, the only way that you're going to find your purpose is in Christ. And the way that Christ came back to life says, I do have a purpose for your life. The way he was raised from the dead, I have a purpose for your life. Ephesians says this, it's in Christ that we find out who we are and what we are living for. Long before we first heard of Christ and got our hopes up, he had his eye on us. Had designs on us for glorious living. Part of the overall purpose he's working out in everything and every one. Until you get to know Christ, you're not going to know your purpose. He is the one who made you. He's the one who created you. Oh my goodness, his, his rising from the dead split history. Did y'all know that's what split B.C. to A.D.? Everyone, everyone needs to know the answer to the question, why am I here? Why am I here? What's my purpose? Because I'm going to tell you something, without purpose, life is petty and it's pointless. But we find it through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's what we're celebrating today. Amen? Amen. Second benefit. I know I took a while on that one and I'll probably take a, a while on the next one too. <laughs> it's this. Jesus has a great power for my problems. Woo! The second benefit of Jesus rising from the dead is he has great power for my problems. Anybody got any problems in here? <laughs> Amen. Easter. Easter demonstrated the power of God. I'm going to tell you something, guys. There ain't much power greater than raising your own self from the dead. <laughs> Amen? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's about it. It is the most powerful event in history. It happened. It is the most powerful event in history. And dig this. It's available to you. That power is available to you. The single most powerful event in history also belongs to you. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead is available to you and I. Same power. Same power. Ephesians 1 says this, I pray that you will begin to understand how incredibly great his power is to help those who believe him. It is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead. Same power. This is an incredible benefit. The resurrection of Jesus is a promise. It comes with a promise. Look at 1 Corinthians 6. By his power, God raised the Lord from the dead, and he will raise us also. Now we talk. Now we talk. He will raise us also. The only reason that Jesus did this was so you and I could have resurrection power in our life. So my question for you, I always have a question for you guys. Where do you need resurrection power in your life today? Where do you need resurrection power? What's dying in your life? Or what's dead in your life? What's dead? What's dead and you need God's resurrection power to bring it back to life? 
What do you need, guys? What, what's coming to your mind? Where do you need a resurrection in 2019? Some of you guys, I know when you walked in, are in a marriage that's dying. Some of you, some of you are there, and you need a resurrection. Some of you guys are in a marriage that's already dead. And you're just living together, and you need a resurrection. It's available to you. Some of you guys walked in, you need a resurrection in your career. That same power that raised Jesus from the dead can resurrect your career. Some of you guys need a resurrection in your energy. You're tired all the time. You need a resurrection. That or just throw out the recliner. But no, some of you are at a certain age like I am and you're tired when you come in. And you, That's where I was at this week. I said, I need a resurrection of my energy. Come find out there were some things I had to do to help do that. But, but some of you guys need a resurrection there. Because you've been trying to live on your own power. And not power that's available to you. Some of you guys need a resurrection in your dream. Life got busy and you put your dream on the side. And now it's dying. You need some resurrection power. And that resurrection power is available to you if you plug into Jesus. Some of you need resurrection in your health. Some of you guys need resurrection in your motivation. You're just sitting here. You Maybe you be at my age, you're just riding the clock. That's what we call it when you're doing really nothing productive. You're just waiting until the end of the day. Maybe you're just waiting until you retire. Maybe you're just waiting until the kids get out of the house. You're just riding the clock. You need some resurrection power. Or maybe you've had, you've had a split in your friendship. I talked to some folks this week. They lost a friend over, over petty stuff. You've got a friendship that's dead. Or you've got a friendship that's close to dying. Guys, I want to tell you, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead can resurrect that friendship. It's power. It's available to you. Now, I want to tell you the difference. Now, human beings, we resuscitate. God can resurrect. Resuscitation happens when you've been dead about two or three minutes. But not three days. It takes a resurrection. It takes a resurrection. And God is saying, I have the resurrection power to give you. God not only has purpose for your life, but he has the power for your life that's bigger than what you're going through. Guys, I want you to get that. Say that with me. Say this with me. God's power, God's power. is bigger than what I'm going through. Hey man. Amen. Jim is smart. Amen. <laughs> Amen. 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 I couldn't get you on that, could you? Guys, when we're on the edge of giving up, when we think it's hopeless, maybe you're right there this morning, I want to encourage you to not give up. Not give up. 
Don't give up. Look up. Look up. The answer is not to quit. Here's the answer. The answer is to get connected. The answer is to get connected. Look at 2 Corinthians 1, 8 through 10. I think you ought to know, dear brothers, about the hard time we went through in Asia. We were really crushed and overwhelmed. You ever felt crushed and overwhelmed? And feared we would never live through it. We didn't think we was going to make it. We felt we were doomed to die and saw how powerless we were to help ourselves. I love this. But that was good. But that was good. For then we put everything in the hands of God. Who alone could save us. For he could even raise the dead. And he did help us and saved us from a terrible death. Yes. And we expect him to do it again and again. That's good stuff. That's good stuff. If God can raise a dead Jesus, he can raise a dead marriage. If God can raise a dead Jesus, he can raise a dead friendship. If God can raise a dead friendship, uh, Jesus, he can raise a dead career. If God can raise a dead Jesus, he can raise a dead dream. Amen? Get excited. Your marriage is about to get wah! If you trust God and put it into his hands, it's about to be good. If you, if you trust God, put it into his hands, you're going to get your friendship back. If you trust God and put it into his hands, your career is going to blossom. I know a lot of people don't like to hear prosperity gospel, but here's the thing. He has plans to prosper us. He doesn't, he's not wanting anything bad to happen to us. Amen? Resurrection power. So my question, are you at the end of your rope? Are you at the end of your rope? Have you been going on your own power? Good. I'm glad you're at the end of your rope. I'm glad you're tired of going on your own power. And I'm asking you this. Give God a shot. Give God a shot and go on His power. What do you got to lose? You've been screwing up all week. What have you got to lose? Give God a shot. Are you sick and tired of being sick and tired? Let me give you a verse to read when you do. Isaiah 40, 29. He gives power to the, power to the tired and worn out and strength to the weak. When we're tired and worn out, God gives us power. When we're weak, he gives us strength. You get this power through faith, and you get it through trust, by believing in the Son of God who died on the cross. That's where you get this power. He rose again. He done it for us. I got news for you. What I found out is 20 years as your pastor, God is not moved by complaining. God is not moved by whining. He's not moved by griping. But the moment that you put your trust in Him, He moves. God honors faith. God honors faith. Luke 18, 27, Jesus replied, What is impossible with man is possible with God. What looks like a dead end is prime time. For a resurrection miracle. Amen? Amen. Something fixed to come alive. You think you're in a dead end now? Put it in his hand. 
Fixing to get happy. Fixing to get happy. Did it for me. He's all over this place. The third benefit to this. I'll try not to spend too much time on this, but I probably will. Especially after experiencing uh, losing two members of our church in the last three days. This here's a great benefit. Jesus has a great place for me after I die. This is a third benefit. That's right. From Jesus, he has a great place for me. We learn uh, that from the resurrection of Jesus, that there is more to life than here and now. More to life. That death is, is not the end. I'm telling you guys, one day your heart will stop. One day my heart will stop. And that will be the end of our body. But it won't be the end of us. It won't be the end of us. You and me, we were made to last forever. And God proved it by raising Jesus from the dead. Raising his son from the dead. That death is not the end. John 11 says this. Jesus told her, I'm the one who raises the dead and gives them life again. Anyone who believes in me, even though he dies like anyone else, shall live again. He has given eternal life for believing in me and shall never perish. Jesus is the one and no one else can raise the dead. How do you get eternal life? It's not by doing good. It's not even by going to church. It's not by being perfect because there's no one perfect. It's not by, by giving a lot of money to help the poor. Only one thing is you believe that Jesus can raise you back from the dead and trust him as your Lord and Savior. Jesus is our hope. Once received, I want to tell you something, guys. Once received, Jesus cannot be taken from you. So I want to tell you something today. Put your hope in something that you can't lose or someone that, that you can't be, be taken from you. And that's true hope when you can't lose it. If you put your hope in a bank account, you could lose that. If you put your hope in a spouse, you could lose that. If you put your hope in your health, you can lose your health. Don't put your help, health, hope in something that you could lose. Guys, if you put your hope in good looks, <laughs> I'm looking around, that ship sailed. <laughs> Amen. For some of y'all. Some of y'all. I'm feeling good today, all right? If you, put, if, you, if you put your hope in a job, put your hope in a person, they'll disappoint you, but God will not disappoint you. God will not disappoint you. Only God can meet your needs. You have to put your hope in something or someone that can't be taken from you. And that's the only one thing, your relationship to God. Hope is not a principle. Hope is not a product. Hope is not a program. Hope is not a pill. Hope is a person. And only one person, Jesus Christ of Nazareth. He is the hope of the world. He is the hope of the world. We got to get to know Jesus. We got to get to know. Look, look, at, 
Look at what we have in 1 Peter. Where am I? Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In His great mercy, He has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. The inheritance is kept in heaven for you who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. And all this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. Once you've trusted God for salvation, it is not your job to keep yourself saved. That's what that says. It is the Savior's job. It's His job. There's been time with me. All y'all, most of y'all know my son, Lou. How wild he is now. You see, he was when he was a kid. There have been many times we go to a, a, like a, a, a high-off place, a clip, what I was trying to say, a clip or something like that. I'd have to grab Luke's hand to keep him from hurting himself. And, and he, he'd be all right with it for a little while, you know, me holding his hand, his dad holding his hand. But then as we'd walk away, I'd still be holding his hand. He'd try to squirm. He'd try to get away. He'd try to squirm. I wouldn't let go. We're too close to the edge. You know why I wouldn't let go? Because I'm a loving father. I'm a loving father. God is a loving father. Sometimes no matter how hard we try to squirm out of his hand, he ain't let go. He ain't let go. Y'all parents know what I'm talking about. You love your kids too much. He ain't letting go. Once we're his, we're his. That's hope. That's hope. I preached at a lot of funerals in 20 years. I worked at the funeral home for six. And I consider myself an expert at discerning faces of hope or hopelessness. Yesterday I saw hope. I went and picked up the remains of Rod Armstrong. I saw it at Fred's house, hope. I saw hope, Fred. But when I look into the eyes of someone who hasn't trusted in Jesus as their Lord and Savior, I see hopelessness. They don't have to tell me. I see terror. They don't have to tell me they're not a believer because I see it in their eyes. They don't have to tell me that they've never placed their hope in Jesus Christ because they believe that this is all there was. It's just not true. Folks, we still grieve. The Payne family's still going to grieve. Fred's here today. He's still grieving. But we grieve differently. We grieve with hope. We grieve to know that we're going to see them again. I'm 57 now. I've seen a lot of people go to heaven in my life that were close to me. And the more people that go there, the more attractive heaven is to me. The more I'm ready. Guys, there is life without loss. But there is no loss without pain. And there is no pain without grief.
And the way you live with hope in the middle of all this pain is to kind of enlarge your perspective or to change your, your viewpoint. We got to get, get our eyes off the, the here and now and begin to live in light of eternity, Fred. Hope. We got to change our perspective. 2 Corinthians 4.18 says, So we don't look at the troubles we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen. For the things we see now will soon be gone, but the things we cannot see will last forever. I love that verse because it tells me problems are not going to last. Even if I got a chronic illness, even if I got something going wrong with my ear, it's just going to be for 70 or 80 years if I live that long. 70 or 80 years ain't forever. Even if I got a pain somewhere, it ain't going to last forever. It's just going to last 70 or 80 years. That ain't forever, is it? I can deal with it as long as it ain't forever. I'm just going to deal with it here. When I think of my daughter who passed away, I don't think of the, the good times that she, would, she could be having here. I think about what she's doing up there in heaven. It's about perspective. I think of the holy time that she's having. How's that song go? My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. That's where my hope is built. And I pray your hope is built on Jesus' blood and righteousness. I think my daughter Sonny would tell me, Daddy, this place is better than you've ever described it in any of your sermons. This is cool. That's my hope. I want to ask you this morning, are you hopeless? Are you hopeless this morning? That you came just because somebody invited you, a good friend, and you wanted to honor them? Are you hopeless? 1 Corinthians 2 9 says, But as it is written, what no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart of man imagines, what God has prepared for those who love him. The death of Jesus Christ and his resurrection gives us purpose. We find power to our problems there and a place after we die. Well, how do I get these? Well, first you place your trust in Him, in Jesus. You place your trust in Jesus, and then you get to know Him. You confess that Jesus is Lord and believe. Now, as the musicians come, I'm going to ask you to, to bow your heads. Well, you don't have to bow your heads if you don't want to. I pray with my eyes open in the shower sometimes. Just pray however you want to pray. Father God, thank you for bringing everyone this morning. Thank you that your 
faithful when I'm not. I prayed that earlier in the week, then I forgot about it. God, I wonder if someone's here is hopeless. Lord, I pray that I articulated this well enough to know that they find their hope in you. That they give their light, their trust to you, place their faith in you, and confess with their mouth and they would be saved. Father God, I hope I, I explained it well enough to the folks that, that once they receive this gift of salvation, that you're in charge of it, not them. That you're not letting go of us. Father God, I, I, I pray that if someone needs resurrection power in their friendship, in their marriage, in their health, wherever it might be today that they look to you. They've been doing it on their own for a long time and it's got them nowhere. I pray that they look to you. I love you and it's in your name I pray. Amen.